Hello and welcome to Audible River. I'm Alan Rice and I am very happy to have with me here in Auburn, California with the venerable Geshe Tenzin Lekshe, a Tibetan Buddhist monk traveling with a group of fellow Tibetan monks from the Gadensharsi Norling Monastery in Mundgod, South India. And hello, Geshe Lekshe. Very good to see you today. Dash delay. Very good to see you, Alan. <laughs> so, what are you and uh, your fellow monks doing here in Auburn right now? Uh, here in Auburn, we are constructing the mandala, the deity of Vajrasattva, uh, which is um, the deity of the purifications of all those uh, negative energies, negative forces that really uh, making us into uh, all those kind of like uh, polluted mind and afflicted and those things that really unsatisfactories that really kind of like growing in our society to able to purify those things and so we are constructing the mandala of buddha purification vajrasattva wow so how long does it take to uh, construct this mandala it's made out of sand right yes it takes by the two monks uh, approximately like 75 to 120 hours. Wow, yes. Well, I just took a look at the progress of it. It's pretty far along. It's very, very beautiful. And so tell me, um, so say again the deity, the name of the deity that... Uh, so the name of the deity is Vajrasattva. Vajrasattva. Yeah. And Vajrasattva... If you are, if you're here in the presence of the mandala, are you getting some benefit from Vajrasattva, or how does that work? So Vajrasattva is an embodiment of all Buddha's purifications. Okay. To purify uh, all those negative energies, negative imprints, negative afflictions of your mind, so that you can be uh, come up with all those clear awareness of your mind and live your life more happy and peaceful. So this Vajrasattva deity works as a key principle uh, in a luminous form uh, to bring you this inexhaustible bliss. Inexhaustible bliss. I think that almost everybody would like to have that. That's, uh, that's a wonderful thing to, uh, to, to be bringing to people, that possibility of... Uh, um, a deity that can help clear the mind. So in Tibetan Buddhism, the clearing of the mind is a very important thing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Why do we need to clear our minds? So we think that uh, the mind is the most, the principle among uh, the body and speech uh, that we have. So when we say our world, our universe, we, although there are many things outside there, but when we really in, uh, like a research insight within you, your existence works with your body, speech, and mind. And within those three, body, speech, and mind, your mind is the master who is like uh, ordering, uh, who is guiding who is uh, letting us do all those kind of things uh, things through the body and the speech so that's why if you can clear the awareness or the clear all those kind of afflictions in your mind that's how you can really have the feelings of genuine peace and happiness so that's why we really insist and work on the mind trainings the mind trainings well that sounds very important so the so the our mind 
is our main vehicle for engaging with everything, with our body, with the universe. And so it's our inner life in the mind, is what you're saying, that if we if we can clear this, then it makes the other things easier to clear. Is that, that yes? That's, okay. Yes. All right. And so it starts it starts inwardly, is what you're saying. Yes. Right. And these are um these go back to teachings from the Buddha, right? Yes. Right. So you're in a lineage, uh, I understand, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you're the the things like the the mandalas that you create, uh, the teachings that uh, that you know, that these are these come directly all the way back to the Buddha himself, right? Yes. How is uh, we are uh, from the lineage? In uh, if we talk about the Tibetan Buddhists, yes, we are from the Geluk uh, lineage school. Mm-hmm. Geluk is the yellow hat lineage school, which is founded in the uh, 14th centuries by the our master called Lama Tsongkhapa. And uh, he become very revered and uh, uh, most like uh, honored master at that time. And he founded this uh, special traditions uh, of the uh, uh, Tibetan Buddhist schools called Geluk traditions. Mm-hmm. And that's how uh, we say that Gil- uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is the also the uh, the the students of Atisha, the master Dibamkara, who is. Uh, from India, who used to be the abbot of Nalanda Universities okay. in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, present time, it is located in northern India. Uh, the state name is Bihar uh, State. So this Adisha master uh, is a very, very uh, like uh, precious for the Buddhist uh, teachings to flourish in uh, many different places. And especially this Atisha master, why he is so precious? Because although Buddha gave a teachings, many different 84,000 of subjects of teachings, but um, those teachings, when the Buddhist councils happens from the first time to second time, third time, so what really happened is all those teachings spread out and become like a more kind of like a, a, um, practices by the different um, the the uh, the practitioners of the different vehicles and the different ways how it is like flourish in a different reverse how it goes and but what happened is at the time of Atisha he is a master that who combine all the teachings of Buddha into one essence point wow and then he bring this to the Tibet and that's the how the uh, all those sutras and tantras and the, all those philosophy like we call the Sutantika, Chittamatra, um, uh, Vebhashika, Madhyamika. Those are the most, uh, the essence philosophy that Buddha taught. So mm-hmm. he combined all those things and bring this to the Tibet by having both vehicle uh, practices of Mahayana and the Hinayana. Uh, so that's how he uh, bring this to Tibet, and uh, um, because of his teachings and his uh, the love, uh, kindness, he t- taught this to Tibetan people. How we've been preserving until now, and Adisha is we um, from our Geluk uh, like uh, schools. What we say that is, Adisha is the one that who is following the lineages of. Um, the Chandakriti and the Nagarjuna, who is in the wisdom part. 
Oh, okay. The wisdom part. Okay. Yes. Right. And so Nagarjuna is also, if you go to the lineages teachings, it's from the Buddha Manjushri, who is the Buddha of wisdoms. The Buddha of wisdoms. Okay. Yes. So you have, there are, there's more than, I mean, Okay, to clarify a little bit about Buddhism, we have we have an incarnation of Buddha who um, dis, uh, created these teachings that that branched out into the different schools. Is that mm-hmm. that what we're talking about? But there are many other Buddhas. Yes. I mean that. Let's talk a little bit about what 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 is a Buddha? What is Buddhahood? What is that about? So Buddha is something that we call one who is completely awakened. Or uh, the who attain the supreme mind of enlightenment. Uh-huh. And Buddha word means that all those kind of like negative imprints that it is there in our body, speech, and mind, who has completely purified and removed and abandoned those things, mm-hmm. and also all those positive things that we can ever we can generate from our body, speech, and mind of all those virtuous and wholesome way. The, someone who has generated in the most supreme and ultimate uh, the uh, the state, so that kind of pe- uh, person or that kind of beings that who has a aspiration to only to attain that Buddha would to work and service for the all those mother sentient beings. So with the uh, that kind of beings we call noble beings. So once who has attained that uh, supreme uh, accomplishment, so that's how we call the Buddha. Okay, and you mentioned for the sentient, for all sentient beings. Now, who, who are all sentient beings? So when we say all sentient beings, means uh, the beings who have consciousness in their uh, uh, in their in in their existence. For okay. example, like uh, all those beings that who. Uh, are like uh, uh, living and who dying in a process of nature and who has the feelings of uh, the the good things and the bad things and who has the feelings to have more uh, seeking for the happiness and the one who is seeking uh, uh, and also happiness and all those kind of joyous things and also avoiding all those problems and uh, sufferings so those kind of beings we call uh, sentient beings. If we go into into the sentient sentient beings, how many beings are there? So we call the god realms, the liturgy god realms are the sentient beings, and uh, the demigod realms are sentient beings. Human uh, realms are sentient beings. So these are the fortunate three fortunate uh, realms, and we have animal realms. We have a hungry ghost realms. We have a uh, hell realms. There's are uh, we call unfortunate realms. So one those six realms, the six different world beings of who are in this universe that we are sharing together, and what they are all seeking for is happiness, and they are all they avoiding is sufferings. So those kind of beings we call sentient beings. Oh, this is fascinating because um, so. We're, we're t- sentient beings, uh, there's a broad range of the type of consciousness, the kind of living, the kind of experience. I mean, we're talking, you know, all the way from uh, gods to, uh, you know, beings who live in the, the lower depths of hell. That All these people, all these beings, let's say, all these sentient beings um, can experience some, some type of... Uh, 
trouble in their minds, I suppose. I mean, even if you're a god, is what you're saying. So the gods aren't perfect, right? So gods aren't necessarily enlightened, but they have... They're in a state that's that's we could say that's above us, or they have abilities or whatever. I'm just saying that um, Buddhahood is something that's um, that's ideal to all sentient beings, is what I'm hearing here. So that it doesn't matter where you're at on this scale, it's something that that all these beings would like to attain. I mean, if they if they knew of it, I would I would assume, right? Yes, uh, that's uh, you are absolutely right. When we say sentient beings, means one who is not enlightened. Okay. And also, we are talking about the one who is in cycle of suffering natures. Okay. And that we call samsara. And also, sentient beings means because of their uh, impure the body, speech, and mind, which is uh, imprinted in uh, as as uh, actions of their own self. In their consciousness, the very subtle consciousness, and also who has a afflicted mind. So one, because of those things, it come up again and again in this cycle of suffering uh, natures. In this, we call the the samsara. And so who is rotating in that uh, samsara as being because of their own uh, negative actions and the uh, afflicted mind. So those people we call sentient beings. Okay, okay. These are the sentient beings. Um, and so now what do we know about uh, the, the, Buddha, the Buddha nature? Is this something that, um, that we all, I mean, how do we, how do we, I'm just saying, I think what I'm trying to get at is that is this something that's sort of in us somewhere that we have to get to to reveal, or is this something that we're looking at outside to emulate? Uh, where does this Buddha nature exist? So Buddha nature actually exists within yourself. Okay. The thing is, our mind is in the very pure nature of our mind is it's like uh, not polluted. It's okay. pure as a crystal, but because of the all those external conditions and circumstances, so like uh, it polluting our mind, mm-hmm. and so one who has purified all those uh, the delusions of your mind and make your mind into a crystal nature and white and transparent, mm-hmm. and also who has uh, the the knowledges of everything as an omniscient way and uh, by the, their own uh, joyous effort on virtuous actions and also uh, all those kind of levels of concentrations uh, deep inside your mind and so he who reached to the very ultimate level of that thing and that who has completely uh, like attained the all those um, we call uh, supreme enlightenment so those beings we call Buddha, it's inside you, not outside. Just we, you need to be awake of that and you need to purify all those imprints which is polluted and afflicted by your own negative and, uh, actions that you are accumulated. So when we are, uh, so in, in, in Buddhist practices, there is a, there are quite a few visualizations. There's there are ceremonies. There's empowerments that um, connect us with different Buddhas uh, that have uh, different different ways of strengthening us. Uh, there's I know about the medicine Buddha, for instance. That it's like for good health. Now, 
when we are when we are visualizing or connecting with these with these Buddhas, is this more of a way to um, attune ourselves to our own Buddha nature uh, by by reaching by reflecting with some with a being that we know to have attained Buddhahood. Does that make sense? That question. Oh, yes. Refre- yes. Go that, ahead. Uh, the thing is, when we uh, there are many different uh, the Buddhas uh, manifestations in a different kind of blessings and uh, empowering uh, the uh, empowering blessings that you can attain by using those Buddhas as a as a like a, a aspects of a path to make yourself into a uh, like a completely awakened one for example medicine buddha what we do is um we do the medicine buddha sadhana means okay. meditations mm-hmm. so uh, as we see that we have um on the unsatisfactory mind we have uh the uh unhealthiness bodies we have all those kind of all pervading uh, suffering natures within us. Mm-hmm. So it's all because of our own negative imprints that we have accumulated in our body and okay. from our mind, from our uh, speech. So through the blessings of uh, Medicine Buddha by doing self-generations, means by dissolving all your impurities within you by um, through the absorptions and going through the eight stages of death that how we actually experience the uh, death and then reaching to the very final state of death that we call clear light state and that time how we reach to that is because of loving kindness and the compassion practices as a right method and the form the wisdom of emptiness by seeing the right wisdoms so by combining these two, we can able to do this process, although we are living. So in the dying process, and when we reach to the final one, we g- generate the enlightened body speech of medicine Buddha into you to make your all those impure into a pure through your own visualizations. So that's how you are now possessing into a um, enlightened nature of the body speech and mind of uh, uh, the buddha uh, or the deities and bringing that into your blessings of your body speech and mind so that's how you are transferring that impure into pure so that you can able to uh, have these realizations and can able to work that in um, all those kind of processes of omniscient way that you know it's really amazing that you have this you know this tradition this 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 way of sharing this experience to help people uh, wake up in a way, if it, even if it's just a little bit, you know, it's uh, it's it's some it's very encouraging and it feels good. Even though you know we can you know, go through a ceremony and feel you know incredibly blessed and, and and clearer, we know we have a long ways to go. But it's but it but it helps to motivate us. I'm just saying from my 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 side of it, um, in, in my own experience. Um, and and then you know, speaking about motivation, there's there's obviously uh, a will aspect. There is there is there has to be. To me, there's a little bit of a um, conundrum when it comes to desire. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's there's like we got, there's a desire that makes us anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's time to eat, you mm-hmm. know? I was like, oh, I'm hungry. It's like, where can I get something to eat? Mm-hmm. But then but then there is also the desire to, to be free uh, mm-hmm. and to be clear, like mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And we can have that that can mo- motivate us to seek these experiences that, that clear us. Um, but, but at some point, those, those, don't you have to like, there's some point where you get to where you have to let go of those motivations or something like that. I mean, it's what I'm wondering about is like, what part of the person is, is thinking these things, willing these things, and do you eventually have to get to a place where you let that go? I mean, what, what are your comments on that? So the thing is, uh, the desires or we, uh, we we say when we are desire uh, desire means uh, the the aspirations that you have mm-hmm. uh, that aspirations if it is something virtuous and wholesome so of course we need to generate that okay because every action that we do without any purpose we don't do that, those things there is a, always a purpose right so the purpose uh, same like in a like a, uh, practicing a dharma they has to have a purpose. Without a purpose, you cannot do that. Okay. And the purpose that we, uh, as a Buddha suggestions, is the purpose that is we call for immeasurables. The immeasurables of love, immeasurables of happiness, immeasurables of uh, the compassion, immeasurables of equanimity to all the sentient beings. Not only you, because okay. all how you are like really seeking for happiness and avoiding suffering. Similarly, all those sentient beings, whoever is in this universe, they have same common uh, like feelings. They want to be happy and they are avoiding sufferings. But the one that you have with the, this kind of like uh, motivations that to able to do the welfare and the benefit for all sentient beings, I will do something. I will do virtuous actions and that action imprints and it's blessed to all those people who are seeking for happiness to be happy, uh, have a generations of happiness to them, uh, to those people and also who are uh, avoiding sufferings through the merits and the wisdom that you have accumulated, that blessings uh, that can purify those sufferings. So that kind of mentality is the very foundations. And so that's how uh, the Buddha uh, uh, engaged in the path of all those kind of like uh, contemplations through the listenings from the many different teachers. And by doing more like a meditation on it day by day, hour by hour. So how really happened is the time comes that you can only leave and only your only goal of your life purpose is to able to work on those kind of process those kind of actions so that things we call the noble beings one who are in that stages of path and that noble beings when they do a furthermore like uh, accumulations of meditations through their own practices on that thing and more and more and that it reaches that the ultimate level so that they don't have to do a joyous effort to effort to put in uh, in their mind on those kind of actions, and so they uh, they reach to the very we call no more learning stage. So that's we call that they have accumulated the omniscient mind, 
that is、uh, the one is supremely enlightened. Wow, normal learning state. Yes, that's what you said. So that, so that as we grow in the practices, and so basically, you're saying that it comes to a point where、uh, the efforts that、mm-hmm. we have, you know, in our path. Eventually, that effort goes away when we become、mm. the thing that we've been seeking. It's、mm. sort of that's kind of how I'm interpreting it. Yes, that's right. Okay, so then, so then, once you once you reach that state, then there's no more effort. You just、yeah. are that. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. That that that. Yes, I like that. That kind of makes sense.、Uh, one thing also I want to add here is the desire that we have. Like uh, uh, once uh, we are hungry, we would like to eat food. Right. And that,、uh, like,、uh, once we are uh, like uh,、um, thirsty, we want to drink water.、Mm-hmm. So those desire is something that how it is founded, how we are in that nature, because we say that this is the something that is、uh, that all pervading way, so that we are in that、uh, the like、uh, existence. Okay. But you can overcome from that. We can overcome from being not thirsty at all, being not hungry at all, being not all those kind of things that we、uh, do in our life as a way of like、uh, ordinary beings.、Mm-hmm. So you can really go beyond that thing. But how it is possible is once only you come to know that we call、uh, why we become thirsty, why we become hungry, because the very two cause. That why we are in that kind of like a、um, existence way is because we say that you are not enlightened,、okay. you are ordinary being. So that's why we feel hungry, we feel thirsty, we feel all those kind of like pleasure things. When the sensory things is now、uh, it is kind of like uh, uh, in, uh, connecting with you.、Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is those are the things that we call in an all pervading way. You are in a sufferings. Mm-hmm. Because once you have that kind of like a, a craving and grasping mind, so it means、uh, you are not like a, or,、uh, you are ordinary. You are not enlightened. So how we really go beyond that is by knowing that what is the true f- root cause being like that is something that we call. It's because your body, your speech, and your mind is impure. Okay, and、uh, and your body, speech, and mind, who, which is in impure. So there are many things like uh, uh, naturally you seek、uh, for that, and naturally you、uh, generate anger, attachment, desire, all those kind of affliction things there. So what is the very root cause to really go beyond that is by knowing. What is the uh, uh, the m- most foundations of those things uh, that is uh, like uh, polluted to you? It's we call、uh, self cherishing and self grasping mind. Self cherishing and self grasping mind, and this could be this could take many forms for different people, right? I mean, the the way that manifests、uh, could be a lot of different ways,、yeah. uh, so that. But it's but it has to do with you know this feeling of needing I guess right、yes. like、uh, like I don't I I don't have what I need to be happy kind、yeah. of kind of feeling that that you that lo- most of us have at some point right if not all the time 
Um, and and definitely, you know, this is a message that's uh, you know needed throughout the world, and um, very very good to have this for people who are, want, want to be awake. You know, to, to yes, to, to, you know, one of the things that that's um, that that I that I hear that I kind of, kind of want to you know get into a little bit is like f- uh, doing the things that the virtuous things that we do for all sentient beings. So I mean, there is there is an inner work, and but there's also a, a, an understanding of connection to all sentient beings. That there is, um, the, um, I'm, I'm not sure how how to word this, but there's but but it seems like that as we grow on the path that there's also a growing of awareness to be able to have love and compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, to me, it feels like it's more than just, you know, practicing a state of mind. It's, a, it's uh, being fully aware that I'm sharing this universe with other beings and that we're connected somehow mm-hmm. and that everything that we do is affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was, you know, how do you, how do you view that? Yeah, you're right. The thing is, um, let's say in a desire realms. Uh-huh. So uh, we are in a desire realms. Okay, we're so, in a desire realms. Uh, yeah. So okay. then, so in a desire realms, so there are many uh, how the nature uh, existence of desire realms is. For example, that uh, we desire that um, so everything can be good for me. We desire that all those kind of like uh, good taste and good sound and good uh, texture and good smell can be uh, provided to me to me yes yes right so that's we call desire realms okay so that desire realms is also uh, part of the universe right so that's how we are exist in here Mm -hmm. so in a human world uh, that we call human world is in the desire realms because we always desire something Yes. But the most important that we need to focus on, the most ultimate desire that we can able to generate as being a human, is something that how we can really work on a desire being enlightened. Right. So that is the ultimate desire. So and to able to work on ultimate desire of being enlightenment, what you need to really uh, go on here is it's very now tricky one so you need to let go <laughs> i see so right. let go all those kind of like a cherishing and grasping mind that you have right so once you let go cherishing and grasping mind of yourself and cherishing others so that's how you are now stepping on the 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 path of enlightenment right so that's how you are now entering into uh, the buddhahood so yes. that the first thing we call renunciations. Mm-hmm. So renouncing your the worldly life, which is full of all those desire of sensory things, which is not ultimate at all. Not ultimate at all. Right. Yes. Because it's just, you know, you know, right. Once I have that ice cream cone, it feels great. And then, you know, two hours later, I'm hungry again. Right. So. Yes. That ice cream, <laughs> although we desire that this ice cream can be provided to me. And so we're really seeking for that. Uh-huh. Once you have that ice cream for one cup, two cup, three cup, when that same ice cream, if you are feed it uh, for like a, in one hour, like a 20 cups, 
you feel like no this is now poison to you <laughs> so how the desire that we are really uh-huh. seeking we are really craving grasping for it is not an ultimate ultimate way of saying that is not something that is uh, really the sources of happiness at all oh i see what you're saying so this this desire realm that we're in the mm. things that we're desiring mm. Are holding us back in some way, or or it's like a distraction to a truer desire. But the thing is that we're built to sort of. I think I, this is the way I feel like it's like it's like we naturally desire pleasure, desire better, desire happiness, mm. right? But but we're naturally because we're in this realm, we're we're seeking it in things that are readily graspable things that we see things that we experience immediately mm. and if we if we if we have the, the the teaching that we can explore this inner path mm-hmm. that there is a more that there is an enduring happiness that is beyond all these things is, is am i getting to the yes we okay. say con- conceptual okay conceptual okay uh, the uh, way yes so you can be non-conceptual oh okay the concept of okay. like a Oh, having this ice cream is something very uh, like a pleasure to me. Yeah. Or concept of oh, going and to the field of soccer game and it makes more kind of like a satisfying to me. Right. So that concept, yes, we call conceptuals. It's you are in that thing, right? So you can go become beyond going go beyond that through being non-conceptual of that. Yes, by entering into the path of. Uh, the Buddha would, right? Oh, so but you know what? I have I have another question. So, does Buddha enjoy a bowl of ice cream? I mean, so I mean, I mean, can you once you you're in this if you're in this state where you you know you're you're free of these attachments, you're free of those kind of desires or the grasping and that sort of thing. I mean, but there's but there's still a beauty in these in these things. There, I mean, the taste, the, the you know, the senses, the you know, there there is still pleasure in it. Can you still enjoy these things? Um, without having that needy attachment, is there a, is there a state of mind where that's that's imbalanced? Yes, of course. You can enjoy it. Okay. You can enjoy the taste. You can enjoy the games. You can enjoy everything. Those pleasurable things by the six uh, senses. Okay. But the most important is if you think that that pleasure is the only the uh, like pleasures that is ultimately uh, brings you a uh, Happiness, that's wrong concept we are right. talking about. Right. So that right. you can, of course, you can taste the ice cream and feel the joy there. Mm-hmm. But if you think that that ice cream is ultimately, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the causes of happiness, right. but it's not. Because we say that all those phenomena in this universe, they are exist only because how we perceive it to them. Oh. It's not something that they have uh, like solidly uh, exist by themselves. Okay. All, all those are component things. Oh, so like ice creams. So you're, talk- you're talking about quantum physics now. Yes. Right. Yeah. How we are. Yeah, because I mean, I'm relating to, I mean, that, that's science, really, mm. what you're talking about there. Okay, but yeah, I just got excited when you said that. So we are... We are creating reality by the way that we look at reality. Yes. Okay. That's the what I'm talking about because the things that object that is exist there, of course, we can use them. Uh-huh. But if you think that that uh, object is something uh, 
only that they are useful by their own self. No, we are seeing and we perceiving and through our own actions, it become useful. Okay. Otherwise, that, that object itself is not useful at all. It's something that is only that is merely labeled how it is exists in that own uh, existences. For right. example, like a table. Right. So when we say table, it is table. When we have a perspective that table or the object is exists by their own self, solidly, tangibly, it's not. Okay. The table itself is exists with all those kind of component things. That how the 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 uh, the feet and uh, the legs of the tables, how the the upper part of the tables. That how it is all those component things aggregates and become one object. Mm -hmm. So we label them as a table. Right. So that's how they are exist. Once you have a concept that table, it's uh, is exists by their own self. And uh, solidly, tangibly, so that's how we can bring, uh, like, generate all those attachment, ignorance, and uh, all those kind of anger. Because that the thing is, once it's broken, once it become uh, like uh, imp uh, uh, as an impermanence nature, it become broken and things. Then you feel like, uh, oh, so something, the solid thing is now, uh, now it's become kind of like a um, broken one. You know what? Something. I mean, something just came to my mind while you were talking, and see if I can, you know, t say what I'm thinking here. And that is that it seems like an incredible amount of effort mm -hmm. the average person would put into creating and maintaining their own world. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you know, when your child learning that, oh, this is a table, that's a chair, mm -hmm. this is a door, mm -hmm. and and all these things, right? So we learn how to talk to each other, right? But you know, as we as we go through life, we are maintaining all these concepts all the time, looking at reality, and we are we're like, um, and and now that I think of it, that's an incredible amount of energy that we're spending mm. on on maintaining our perception of what's real. Mm. I mean, like we're constantly confirming that oh, that's a wall, and this is that, but. I mean, what you're saying that in I'm and maybe you know, translating a little bit, but in a in a clearer, mm. more pure state of mind, it just is. Yeah. And that we don't have to be putting, we don't have to be calling it a table and a chair. We can. There is a place where we can just see it as it just is, and that in that state, we're not spending the energy. We're not taking up our mind and you know turning wheels about figuring out the world we're just seeing it is that does that make sense am i getting close to something or you, uh, you just, take it from there <laughs> just only seeing is uh, not i'm really talking about okay the thing is how we are uh, using it okay how we're using it okay yes because if you are using as uh, the the things like uh, um um let's say the ice cream okay as a, something that is very tangibly, it brings a sweet and happiness for you. Mm -hmm. And you are using in that way uh, once you interact and once you eat that ice cream. So what really happened is you are now seeing a wrong views on ice cream. Ice cream is, if the ice cream itself, once you are uh, tasting that, 
it gives you a happiness of like a flavors okay. that it is really makes you feel satisfying but that ice cream is in a very the true nature it's just uh, something that is giving you a temporary uh, the flavors of okay. the taste mm -hmm. but if you have a concepts and obsessed with your mind that ice cream is the uh, so in a, their own self exist and giving you uh, always a happiness right that's the wrong concept that now you're uh, holding on right. so that's how you build all those once ice cream is not there so you build anger oh, attachment right. so yeah. that's how we have to see the object in a different views got it in got the right it. views because these are only uh, component uh, exists with all those component things and then how we can only use that once you have seen that it is merely labeled and uh, it is not the true uh, uh, nature that gives you a happiness uh, in every time. Right. Hey, can I switch for a second here? I want to ask you, mm. uh, Geshe Lekshe, how um, in in your life, mm. I mean, you're you're obviously uh, you know living in a um, monastery. Uh, in India, Tibetan monastery. Now you're traveling in the U.S. So, how did you become a? a, a, a it's a, a geshe is a title, right? Mm -hmm. a, an honorary title. So, how did you become a geshe? What led you to be, to be, uh, lead a lead a life as a monk and to and to follow this path? Just what, whatever you'd like to share with that, I'd like to know. Oh, uh, first, uh, I joined a monk when I was 16. Okay, but uh, my family already decided. I uh, I will be a monk when I was eight. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, that's how I started my journey being a, a monk. Mm -hmm. And then after 16, I like uh, literally joined to the monasteries. And uh, then um, so once you are like uh, not 20s, Mm -hmm. So uh, the monks, uh, the the all over the uh, the the boys who enter in the monastery, we call novice. Oh, okay. So novice are the one that who trained, who learn all those kind of monastic educations and cultures and traditions, but they are not ordained monk at all. Uh -huh. And so once you become twenty, so and it's up to you whether you want to continue a monk life or not okay if you uh, like to be uh, like to continue the monk life then you can take a Odin vows okay and you become a monk mm -hmm. so that's how when I become 20 I really feel like uh, this is my the purpose of your life my life good so I uh, took a Odin vows and become a monk and throughout all those kind of like uh, um, from the 2002 to uh, all the way to 2022. So uh, I've been studying in our monastery and doing our uh, monastery. There are many different uh, like uh, uh, kinds of monasteries there in our, our society. Mm -hmm. But I joined in a monastery where our major subject is philosophy. Oh. The mind science. Okay. So we I uh, went to the logic, the philosophy like the logics and the uh, we call Parman, uh, Parmana Vartika, the logic and the reasons. Okay. And also we have a perfections of all those, uh, the uh, the uh, the six different perfections. So perfections are like uh, giving uh, moralities and uh, and uh, 
patience, uh, joyous effort, concentration, and wisdom. So that's what we call uh, pragya paramita. So there's a course of study for yes. each of those perfections. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. So it it takes us like us five years. Wow. To do those uh, uh, studies and complete it. Wow. And then we, I went to the 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 uh, the the uh, the studies of uh, we call uh, madhyamika means the middle way. Uh, it's about emptiness. Okay. So and then uh, cosmologies of Buddhist teachings, and also the vinaya means uh, vinaya pitak means mo- uh, the monasteries, uh, rules and disciplines. Mm-hmm. So these are the five major. Uh, philosophy education that it is uh, like uh, studied in our monastery. Mm-hmm. I graduate all those uh, philosophy and become uh, a geishas okay. in 2022. Okay. It took me uh, almost 20 years. Wow. Wow. I mean, that would be like maybe like the equivalent of being a doctor of philosophy, but this is in the Buddhist tradition. Yes. Right. That's that's quite a lot of dedication. And, yes. uh you know, and it and so, but but it appears to me that uh, I mean it's that, I mean the way you talk about it is is it's a joyful way. Like, it sounds like to me, it feels like that uh, that this is something that's been very meaningful and, and productive for you. Yes. Right. Well, Geshe uh, Lekshe, I want to say that it's been wonderful, wonderful. I've loved having this conversation with you today, and I've learned a lot in the in our you know back and forth and exchanges. And I want to th- thank you so much. So can I oh, add yeah. one thing? Yes, yes, so, please do. Yeah. So I was like uh, thinking about I have missed something when I was uh, in really working on that. Okay, about good. Teaching. Okay, good. So, what is the really the concepts of Buddha teaching is? So he said that. We are in a uh, sufferings, mm-hmm. and uh, if you avoid sufferings, it's not the solutions. The suffering will be continuously come to you. So we are in suffering because just being born in a human form, uh, because of our negative imprints of our body, speech, and mind, imprinted to here, and because of afflicted mind, just being born in a human form. There is an all-pervading sufferings. Our body itself is sufferings. Right, right. And also, um, and then once we are born here, the the thing is we get aging, sickness, and die. Yeah. So those things is also our sufferings, the suffering of sufferings that we really feel like, oh, aging, that you really feel something uh, pain inside you. Right. And the sickness, of course, mm-hmm. and the death the sphere of death. So that's how we are in that existence. And what is the main message of Buddha is there is a way to go beyond that. And how we really go beyond that, first we know, need to know what are the causes of sufferings. Right. And the causes of suffering is because it's your own work your own actions which is like uh, afflicted with killing stealing sexual misconduct lying uh, harsh speech to others divisive speech to others and idol gossiping a covet uh, covetousness mind and also ill ill will and the wrong views these right. are the causes of sufferings okay this we are acting on that those things and also that uh, afflicted mind of 
anger, desire, attachment, and ignorance, and so and so forth, like contaminated doubt and the wrong pride and wrong views. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are because of afflicted mind and the uh, negative imprints of your actions. So that's how we suffer. I see. So if really you want to overcome from that, you need to really abandon those causes of sufferings. Mm -hmm. So there won't be any uh, like a suffering at all to you. And the next thing is, there's two paths, so which is we call ultimate path that you can work on. Mm -hmm. And is there is a way that you can go beyond that thing, beyond the all pervading sufferings that, as being a human, that we are suffering. Mm -hmm. So that is yes, there is a path of cessation the sufferings, the end the sufferings. The end of sufferings. Okay. And the there path. is a way that how you can end the suffering by practicing on all those kind of like uh, aspects of path that really end the sufferings. And what are they? The very, the, the we call uh, the right method and wisdoms. Okay. The right method means loving kindness, compassions, and the very supreme uh, levels of uh, those practices is we call bodhicitta. Okay. The, uh, the mind of awakenings, mind of enlightenment. And then there is another we call right wisdoms, the wisdom understanding on emptiness. Mm -hmm. So that's how we are stuck with. The wisdom understanding on emptiness is the most important part. It's a wisdom that really gives you to cut out the root of samsara, means suffering existence of cyclic exi uh, nature. So it's something that is every those kind of suffering come from your ignorance. Okay. So by believing that very two concept of like thinking about self-cherishing and self-grasping is the only way to bring happiness. But in reality, self-cherishing, the self-grasping is the only the root cause how we suffer. Wow. Okay, so we got it backwards, most of us. Right? Yes. Okay. So that's how, and if you go like um, completely uh, like, uh, um, the different from the self-cherishing and self-grasping and cherishing others. Mm -hmm. And how we cherish others because because our the the universe that we see and the object that we are around with, so they are not ultimately uh, uh, exist by their own self. This is just kind of illusions. I see. Like the laptops you see. So if you see the laptop as a like a really uh, tangible and, and solid by themselves. It's not. All those kind of little like machine is component to each other and make a laptop. Okay. So it's just, and, and you can get down to the level of looking at all this, the atoms spinning. Yes. It's just, it's, it's just, yeah, right. That's what it is. It's just. Yes, a, that's a, a mainly labeled how we are uh, like uh, depending on that, that objects, how the, the, the necessity of that object is arising. How much we are, uh, you know, like uh, craving and grasping to uh, that object, that much the the importance, the value or price of that thing is arising. Oh, that's, that's what you mean by arising. Yes. Okay. So okay. that's how we have to see that those things are only the causes you more desire, more attachment. And because of that, and then it creates all those kind of anger and uh, all those jealousies because if you don't have it. Uh, right, right, right. Okay. So that's the two causes understanding that we call mind of enlightenment or, or to 
have to, to work in the clear understanding of wisdoms and the awareness of the every and each object is emptiness nature. Understanding the the actual nature as emptiness. Yes. So that's why we are all seeking for something which is emptiness nature. Okay. It's paradoxical yes. in a way. If yeah. you, but but that's I guess that's how reality is. I mean, I'm, what is real, real? I mean, the 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 mind when it tries to put labels on it. Mm. I mean, of course, it's paradoxical because it's the opposite of what's real. Yes. Yes. So okay. Wow. So that's the thing that uh, that we say the Buddha uh, be awakened one. Uh huh. And uh, check and how even the gold when we check how we do that is. We melt it, we cut it, we rub it, and see the gold is gold. Uh-huh. But why not the one that we are living in this world? The, all those objects, how it is exist, how you are here in this human form, and how everything is going around you, and what is the true purpose of being human? So we don't check on those things. No, we don't. Right? No, not ordinarily. It just so seems Buddha God. is the one who become who. Uh, awakened one in that thing and he come to analyze and check in everything so they are all illusions that's all right. those things that we are although we are not saying that they are not exist at all they exist but they are the true nature of their existence is dependent arising and merely labeled by us okay well see that's 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 an important point that because i think that um you know sometimes you know in in the in our language, if we say something is an illusion, mm. it's like we're saying it doesn't exist. But mm. what you're really saying is that it does exist, but not in the way we're thinking about it. The perspective. The perspective. Yes, right, right. Yeah, perceptions. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The perceptions of your mind of how it is exists. If you are like a, uh, deluded with all those kind of like a wrong views, so oh, yeah. that's how. The, the all those kind of causes of problems happening there. <laughs> I love it. You know what? We really, we really like. Yes, this has been a great conversation, and we're getting. You know, we're getting. This is. Uh, we're kind of getting close to the end of our time for the podcast here. But I love this conversation. I love. I thank you so much for sharing. This has been very, very. Thank you very, very much, Ellen. Very. Yeah. This has been um, very gratifying. I will say. You know, our conversation. And what we're going to do now is our little close off. And that is all for this episode of Audible River. To all of our listeners, I would love to hear your comments on our episode. So please email us at audibleriverpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>